A-plus audio presents Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, an audio guide to the novel. Part One, Introduction. It is June of 1816. In a house in Switzerland, a group of English travelers gather around a blazing fire as a storm rages outside. The group includes two of the most famous poets of the 19th century, Lord Byron, known by many as mad, bad, and dangerous, and Percy Shelley, a notorious heretic and political radical. Lord Byron's physician and traveling companion, John Polidori, is seated at the fire, biting his nails and fidgeting nervously. At his side is Byron's mistress, Claire Claremont. Nearby sits Claire's half-sister, the 18-year-old Mary Wollstonecraft, who has eloped with Percy Shelley and will soon become his wife. As the storm rages, someone suggests a game involving the supernatural. We shall each write a ghost story, Lord Byron declares. And everyone contributes a tale except Mary, who tries and fails to invent a story that will speak to the mysterious fears of our nature and awaken thrilling horror. But one night, Mary listens as Shelley and Byron discuss the ever-expanding world of 19th century science, including the experiments of Dr. Erasmus Darwin, who, it is said, preserved a piece of thin spaghetti in a glass case until it miraculously began to move. Later, lying in bed, Mary has a horrible vision. My imagination, unbidden, possessed and guided me. I saw, with shut eyes, but acute mental vision. I saw the pale student of unhallowed arts kneeling beside the thing he had put together. I saw the hideous phantasm of a man stretched out and then, on the working of some powerful engine, show signs of life and stir with an uneasy, half-vital motion. Frightful must it be, this thing, which would subside into dead matter, and the student might sleep in the belief that the silence of the grave would quench forever the transient existence of the hideous corpse which he had looked upon as the cradle of life. He sleeps, but he is awakened. He opens his eyes. Behold, the horrid thing stands at his bedside, opening his curtains and looking on him with yellow, watery, but speculative eyes. I opened mine in terror. The idea so possessed my mind that a thrill of fear ran through me, and I wished to exchange the ghastly image of my fancy for the realities around. I see them still. The very room, the dark parquet, the closed shutters with the moonlight struggling through, and the sense I had that the glassy lake and white high alps were beyond. I could not easily get rid of my hideous phantom. Still it haunted me. I must try to think of something else. I recurred to my ghost story, my tiresome, unlucky ghost story. Oh, if I could only contrive one which would frighten my reader as I myself had been frightened that night. By transcribing her vision, Mary Shelley created a myth that would frighten and fascinate readers for generations to come. Few novels in English literature have had such lasting success as Frankenstein, first published in 1818. The strange tale of the idealistic scientist who tries to create a perfect being but produces a monster instead. 
has inspired hundreds of plays and films, from the first theatrical production in 1823 of Presumption or The Fate of Frankenstein to the 1975 movie The Rocky Horror Picture Show. The story has proved highly adaptable. However, the original plot of Mary Shelley's novel is often distorted. The films and plays are quite different from Shelley's story. For example, although we tend to think of the monster as a silent, terrifying figure, in Shelley's novel he delivers eloquent, sometimes moving speeches of considerable length. In fact, much of the novel is narrated by the monster himself. The full title of Shelley's story is Frankenstein, or the modern Prometheus. In Greek mythology, Prometheus was a god who stole fire from Mount Olympus and gave it to mankind. For this act, he was punished by Zeus, ruler of the gods, who chained Prometheus to a rock and commanded a vulture to eat his liver. The romantic poets admired Prometheus for his suffering and rebellion against unjust authority. Both Lord Byron and Percy Shelley composed poems about Prometheus, and the subtitle of Frankenstein makes it clear that Mary Shelley intended her story to be a re-examination of the myth. But by emphasizing the dangers of Promethean ambition, Mary Shelley updated, even overturned, the traditional romantic belief in Prometheus as heroic rebel and friend of humanity. Her modern Prometheus begins as a hopeful idealist, but his experiments end tragically. In the 19th century, Western scientists believed they had almost unlimited powers to benefit humanity. Many educated people began to reject religious faith and embrace the rational powers of science. The protagonist of Shelley's novel, Victor Frankenstein, is the model of this attitude.